Episode 7, Part 2 of Blethered, with me, Sean McDonald, and Joe Hullet. This is a follow-up to the first episode. Uh, in this episode, we speak about a load of different things. We kick off, so pay attention here please, because it just does start randomly. We kick off with Joe explaining how Scott Squad is filmed, how they work on location, you know, where they do it. We talk about how TV shows are made and commissioned in general. Uh, working with the comedy unit in the BBC. Uh, we've talked about the Scott Squad audition process, including mine. I had an unsuccessful audition with uh, for Scott Squad, but it was enjoyable. Um, we also then spoke about a lot of random things, really. Pedo Hunters on Facebook, something I think is morbidly, weirdly interesting. Uh, we spoke about how I got thrown out of the Sheriff Court for laughing during a court case when I was 18. And we also talked about Joe's partnership with you and Denny. They work on a load of things together. Uh, most notably, Lincoln Lorne, that you might be aware of. If not, we speak about it. Uh, Ewan is going to be a future guest on the podcast, so I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to shut up and just let you listen to it, and I hope you enjoy. Cheers. We're not actually allowed to film on police property. So where do you film, like, in the station? Uh, that is, it's called, like, is it Ledgowan Community Hall? Oh, near, like, like a police station. Near an Asda. Yeah, no, no, we, so designers are really good at just mm-hmm. turning sort of boring space into something. So we do that, and then there's Greenock Sheriff Court, they've got cells, so we do the cells there. We didn't do it in the last series, I don't think there are any cells, but we've done like three series there, mm-hmm. Bobby getting locked up. So you'll do a day there, you'll do like two or three days at the police station. Mm-hmm. Um, but but what it is, is we, I think it's, if you're filming with police uniforms, you need police. So we have to pay police to come and escort us, it's like a general security thing. Uh, but that means, so the, the police aren't, we're not filming on their property, but sort of by default they're around because we have to have police for security uh-huh. and that's always really interesting because you, you chat to them <clears throat> it's interesting chatting to them and you get stories from them and they're generally really positive like your average police officer I think is a fan of the show mm-hmm. and that's a good thing as well have they given you any inspiration for storylines or no they're always I mean often what happens a lot of real life stuff is so mad that it wouldn't your brain wouldn't process it in the context of a story yeah do you know what I mean? Like they'll uh-huh. tell you, some guy. The police was telling me some story about a guy whose ears fell off or something when he was interviewing. He'd, <laughs> he'd been in a fight and then his ear fell off, and it's like, that's funny. I believe it happened, but we have to create a story in which we get to that conclusion. And the reality of it is probably not going to be as funny mm-hmm. as it was in real life. I, I know what you mean. I, I studied journalism years ago at college, and part of the module was we had to go to the sheriff court and report yeah, yeah. on like uh, proceedings. And I got thrown out twice for like laughing. I think it was partly <laughs> made worse by the fact you're not allowed to laugh. So it was kind of like being back at school. Yeah, but yeah. The first one was like the first case that I was in was basically this woman. What was it? Yeah, the woman was up in court. Um, she was very tomboyish, put it that way. And she was in court because her friend had stolen her dirt bike. Right. Without our consensus, <laughs> really, I was like, "That's so funny." Why yeah, is like yeah. a woman in her forties got a dirt bike? No problem with that, but I just found it hilarious. So our pal took it and then crashed it. Yeah. So he tried to put it back without her realizing it had been taken, but the neighbour saw this happening, told right. her. So she went to his house with a crossbow and shot through his window. So I'm like, "Fucking tears of laughter!" Like, why has she got medieval <laughs> weapon? Really? Why is this? But the bit that got me where I had to leave was they read out her statement like what she said to the police right. like word for word but it was like a sheriff clerk whatever you call him very posh privately educated I would assume yeah, yeah. reading out 
and the defendant said when arrested or something like that along those lines get your fucking poofy wee horns <laughs> off me before I take the heat clean off you like oh, literally word for there's word a, have you ever seen a, I think there's a chewing the fat sketch it's like that I when, when he's like reporting from Kirkcaldy that's it yeah yeah because you, you've got have they got court sketches Aye. yeah that's it's funny. like Mon, the, this, it was then that the defendant stood up and beckoned to the jury Mon then Oh, I bet I've been rewatching because I watched. I never, I'd never fully watched Still Game. I'd like seen episodes. I never sat down and watched it oh, like man. end to end. So last year I, I did it after Scott Squad. I watched it all like in one go, and then I watched Chewing the Fat, which I've seen. I've seen them all, but Honestly, just for, sitting and watching it in one block for the last twenty years. It's literally all I have on. It's like when people put music on, I put Still Game and Chewing the Fat on in the background. Yeah, I just remembered the other one I get thrown out for was Madonna and Guy Ritchie had just got divorced. Right. Literally weeks before, and then they said they read out the next case is the Crown versus Guy Ritchie. Right. So I turned to the police and I was like, "Do you think he turned up steaming at Madonna's door, banging to get in, fucking like by the collar, like a pure kid, like getting chucked out of a sweet shop?" I was like, "Surely that's funny." He's like, "Nah, it's not funny." It is funny though, isn't it? It was funny. It was hilarious. Apparently, someone's telling me he's directed that new Aladdin film. Has he? The one that Will Smith said? Yeah, I actually should have said, because someone did it to me yesterday. We watched the Will Smith footage, it looks ridiculous. I that. And someone said to me, guess who directed that? And I was like, I haven't got, I couldn't, I would never in a million years have guessed it was Guy Ritchie. But it Imagine is. Imagine they made Jafar like brick top Oh my snatch. god, that looks so bad. I really watch it now. It's funny how you, like, you know. I knew exactly what you're talking about, who was in it, I've not seen it. Uh-huh. I don't know how. Because I don't recall reading anything specific. I about just know it. it's the he's blue, he's painted blue. It seems, but we were saying that it's going to be really good for the state of it because we're definitely doing a scene where we just strip Robert Florence and paint him blue <laughs> and have him playing the genie, put <laughs> give him a top knot. Who whose idea was that? The state of it? Uh, not mine. It was I don't know. It was it was one of those where it had been commissioned as a pilot, and then I think they were they asked they thought it would be a good idea for me to do it. So. I think it might have come internally from the comedy unit, mm-hmm. and then and then Roberts got involved. I don't know the exact history, but uh, yeah, because I got asked to work on it, and I, do you know what? I wasn't that sure because I hadn't done sketch stuff before, and I consider it a different discipline. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure about doing it, so I was very relieved that it came off, uh, and I'm, I'm glad I've been involved in it. But uh, and I'm really excited about the series. So is that? I take it that. I think you may have said this it's going to be on this new channel yeah but I don't know they announce, They usually take ages to announce stuff but they announced it really quickly mm-hmm. and we haven't begun work I'm looking forward to this channel we'll, we'll see I think long term it'll be interesting to see a year or two from now whether mm-hmm. all these little things have spun into bigger yeah. at the moment there's I'm suddenly making loads of stuff which yeah. is great for I someone know. like me did, so like can I go all the way back like you went and did the um the sort of the writing was that like a traineeship yeah it wasn't writing it was, oh, uh, so it was, it was like, like I was at, my title was like development researcher right, okay. coming up with ideas and generally at a company like the comedy unit is great because uh, so Rab Christie as a managing director is is really good at letting you if you've got talent you can do something of letting you do it not at all protective of ideas and very encouraging of new talent I don't know if that would have been the case at other production companies mm. I don't think it would because I don't know anyone that did anything as quickly as I did and that's not that's not because I'm special that's mm. because they let me and yeah. encouraged that so you basically went up there did you know sort of was it six months was that a year that was a year that one and after that did were you then just part of the furniture they just kept you no, on no so we did a year and then immediately after that year was Scott Squad Pilot that took like three or four months then I went to work at the BBC for about a year and a half, um, working in the comedy department, like reading, reading scripts, uh, developing new things. And then the Scott Squad series got commissioned, so I went back and made that. And then I went to London and worked on half the record. And then, and then like sort of back and forth between that and more series of Scott Squad, just trying to develop loads of other stuff in that time. I mean, the amount. I, you shouldn't be in this industry if you can't take rejection. The amount of stuff you'll come up with, it nothing happens with it yeah. at all. Nothing. I, we did. We made a little pilot of a sitcom. Me and Grado. So Grado was going to star in it. Karen Dunbar was in it. I wrote it. No, that's binned. Nothing's ever going to come of that. No one's ever going to see the footage. Really? <laughs> yeah. Is that? Is that just because somebody's went? Nah, this isn't happening. Or is it? Yeah. 
it's the person that makes the decisions has got to make and I, I can see I'm not criticising I'm not really I'm not precious about that that's mm-hmm. how it works and there's a point as well where you can't have too many things from the same people mm-hmm. it's good that they it's good that they give multiple opportunities I think like talented people should be reused and there's a there's a reason again there's a perception that a wrong perception of a company like the comedy unit that they have a monopoly on comedy mm-hmm. right? they don't they produce it so successfully that obviously the BBC are going to keep encouraging them to do yeah. stuff because they've made Steel Game, Chewing the Fat, Let Me Show, Ravsi Nesbitt, Berniston. Like that, it's such a huge contribution to Scottish culture. I was gutted that um, the Falkenhoof spin-off never happened. Oh, yeah. Because if you had Lemmy talk about that, I think that would be amazing. I'm really happy that that Lemmy's doing stuff now that, like I was saying, such a energy has to go into getting TV shows made mm-hmm. It's really good now that he's almost well, he's free of that. Really, like it'd be great if he makes new TV shows. Mm-hmm. And I like the homemade show, but I think it's amazing that he's found this platform in like books and online of just getting stuff directly to the fans. Yeah, yeah. Have, have you watched? <laughs> you watch him on Twitch? Uh, I've seen little bits. I haven't. I, do you know? I don't have the time in the day to sit and watch <laughs> that I, much. When I sit, like when I work, if I'm just like doing loads of typing, I'll put it in. Yeah, and there's been a few times like if I could recommend to anybody listening would be to watch just YouTube Lenny right. roast chicken roast chicken oh that I was fucking screaming laughing at that um, boyfriend meeting his girlfriend's parents yeah. for the first time right <laughs> and Glasgow Uni student doing work oh, experience at the bars oh mate that was that sounds funny I love that video he's done of do you know where he's <laughs> it, it it starts as one thing and it becomes another like massive epic chat between about six different parts of his imagination talking about <laughs> Thatcher and shipbuilding fucking hell it's oh, so hi. funny the first time I saw that was at his um, Lemmy Live at the Armadillo oh, in yeah. 2016 you mean and the Ar- Armadillo I can't remember Armadillo and Thatcher's dead ass <laughs> oh that's a dead woman <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking Thatcher <laughs> you begin to, you begin to sound like one of them <laughs> they like those vlogs he did like take the piss out of the vloggers and stuff yeah but he's talking about the um and the art school burned down. Oh, and he's yeah. talking about why they should be saving it. And he's like, That's I, fun. Yeah, I yeah. know people who have friends, who know people who like, live in council houses. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. He's so fun. I can't wait. His biography's out next yeah, week or something. I want to say the 21st. He did a, he had like a one-hour YouTube video where he read out three stories and then right. did a Q&A. And I, again, I was just in tears of laughter. He's so honest. Yeah, yeah. What? Is this bits from the book? Yeah, so he read three stories and then did like a bit of a Q&A on does he, it. Does he do anything about making Lemmy show? Uh, I think well, he presumably does. Presumably it, it must come up. It will come. He didn't do it in the video, but I think he does He does speak about I'm it. Because I'm in two minds of whether I get the audiobook. I had the audiobook of his last books. See, I've I've got daft wee stories, but I haven't listened to it. It's really one. good listening to him read them. It's yeah. funny. But if I get the actual hard copy, basically from the point of view of someone that makes TV I want to skim through it and see if I recognise anyone <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah 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 he's talking Everyone's about people about I know I'm sure I'm sure he doesn't uh, slag anyone off nah, but I, be... like you say he's really honest and it, it, I, yeah I, I'm really excited about reading well, part, that on the back the like, synopsis he says I talk about my sexual failures I don't know what that even <laughs> means at this point <laughs> I think it probably means like growing up because then I thought what is he talking about like impotence or something right. but surely not but he's only yeah um, and to, what I kind of wanted to get your, your thoughts on as well does the people can apply for the sort of traineeship and whatever mm-hmm. but somebody wanted to get into I don't know TV production or working and that sort of thing is you know what other ways are there for them to do that uh, put you on the spot there yeah other ways really do they hard. exist uh, yeah, those training things, work experience at the BBC. I mean, what do you, do you mean production, or do you mean like writing? Or do you know what? I'm I'm not too sure. Because um, if, if you want to, I'd say if you if you want to write and perform stuff, a good person, like just take Paul Black for example. Mm-hmm. Last year, I watched one of his videos and was like, "That's really funny." Is it the Glasgow one? No, it wasn't that one. It was uh, the first one I saw was Ghost Boy. It oh. actually was Ghost Boy. Uh, yeah. And I was, uh, laughed a lot. And then I saw a few of his others and I was like, well, there's a consistency there and it's funny. But in very little time, through a few videos, he managed to catch... And it's not just me, it's, it's other TV people. Caught their attention. 
So I, th- I think making videos are a really good mm-hmm. way yeah. of doing that. You've always seen something similar, just go and create it, don't wait for somebody to... Because yeah, yeah. nobody's going to invite you, are they? It's not they're going to offer you a seat at the table in that no, sense. definitely make it. And we're actively... I know loads of people will get annoyed at me saying this because they feel they're being overlooked, but we're at, you know actively looking, casting various TV shows at the moment, like actively looking for new, exciting talent, mm-hmm. particularly female. Um, and uh, it, it's really good when you stumble across someone like that it's really exciting and uh, a lot of people just don't make the effort a lot of people say they want to do it a lot of people say they want to write and then you're like have you written a script and they haven't mm-hmm. or they've got an idea I'm like why haven't you done it uh, and so the fact that he's gone him and Mark have gone and made stuff is that's a reassuring thing for someone like me you're like well they've put in the effort so there's, mm-hmm. they've got the talent and they've got the drive which is important shout Definitely. out to their cousin Carlin by the way yeah. the third member of the Mention team both often overlooked it's so have you seen because did you see that driving test one he put out the other day? I, I saw the first part. I so I watched the, the second that, part. That's yeah. an example. I watched the first part, and what's really good is you know when people are funny, they lead you to other funny people. Like yeah. Darren knows funny people. Um, Grado is really good at recommending people for Scott Squad. He's really honest about people's talent. Um, but when he says someone's funny, take notice. But I, I think Paul's the same. He's recommended a few people I need to look at, but I trust his judgment because mm-hmm. I watched that video and I was like, who's that girl? She's really uh, funny. She's good, and then we messaged her, been talking to her. So, um, yeah, just being in videos and, and working with people and reaching out or just making stuff, it's so easy. That video, the driving test one, it's just him in a car. Uh, it's, so e- it's so easy. She to makes do. him drive to Dunfermline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you've got a story, then it's just really easy to make. Just do it. Uh, other than them, is there anybody else that, that we haven't spoken about that you think has got a sort of big future on television? Uh, comedy. In comedy in general, so Stuart McPherson, he's in Scott Squad, he plays Archie, and he's in State of It. Yeah. Uh, he does stand up. I went to see a, He was doing like a work in progress, so at the fringe. So mm-hmm. he's doing like 50 minutes of like material he was testing out, and it was better than any other stand up's fully formed show that I saw. I've told him that. Mm-hmm. It was really good. And I took my girlfriend came, and some of her mates came, and they're all they were like, "Oh, that guy's really good. He's really funny." Uh, and that's one of those that anyone that works with is sort of agreeing. He's really funny, uh, and it's funny as well. When people are funny as performers. They're funny in real life. Like you enjoy talking to them, mm-hmm. don't you? So we we had a good night at the Baftas, <laughs> getting absolutely fucking hammered talking to Alan Cumming. That was mad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Stuart's really funny. I'm trying to think who else. I mean, there's loads. Rachel Jackson, Susan yeah. Riddle, Stuart, Pity Party, obviously. Oh, yeah. uh, and then there's people I know already that I really want to. Like, I want to work more with Darren. I want just to finding see, the right thing. Uh, yeah, I want to see him in. His sense of humour is so dark and so specific. Because yeah, people think because he's been in Scott Squad, they're like, oh, well, he's had loads of opportunities. But he hasn't. He's no. just done one little bit in one show. Yeah. And he should be doing more. And it is hard because I, I say it. People, I think people go and see his stand-up sometimes thinking that he's going to be like Bobby, but Darren is at his funniest when he's so dark. Yeah. And, yeah, he's just a really funny guy. We, I remember a few years ago, I don't know if you saw it, just before the Trump election, we filmed a Skype conversation between me and him talking about Donald Trump, and that took like an hour. I just phoned him up on Skype and I recorded it, and it was really funny. I should I should make the effort to do more stuff like that with him. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I wish he w- the few times that he's made videos. I know he used to do Vine. The few times he's just made videos ranting, they're always so funny. Yeah. And he'll send me little clips, and I'm like, Darren, just fucking put that online. It's funny. I know, People it need to see it. I wonder if he sometimes is, although he's been in the game so to speak for such a long time. I was wondering if he's maybe a bit unsure because of Vine thing, probably. Also had a blowback of a lot of criticism. Yeah, uh, jealous people are pretty shit. I know, that's fucking. That's so easy to be a, be a critic in it. Encountered a wee interruption, so I thought now is a good opportunity to to play a wee bit of music. This is actually my alarm in the morning. I find it really relaxing to listen to. Really great song. If you know, you know. If you don't, if you don't like it, don't worry. It's only going to last about fifteen seconds, and then we'll come back to Joe speaking. <laughs> Brian Lamb is not a grass. Right, 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 right,
talking about Jordan Young and the rest of the Scott squad cast uh, Jordan's like one of the most talented people I've ever known he's right. really really Shagger, funny yes I am she, yeah that scene fucking hell that's hilarious I, 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 I still can't scroll past that like, without watching <laughs> I, I, I watch it myself also, Chris Toll is his Chris Toll yeah, yeah, yeah he's funny I thank you to stand up when you're talking <laughs> to me <laughs> I remember we were doing that because Sally so Sally Reed who plays Sarah um, I'm friends with her as well but we were like what's she doing in the scene and we're like just tap his head because <laughs> <laughs> it's written down on paper because she's she's so nice it's funny to think that she's just sort of clumsy around yeah, yeah. disabled people people that are different to her and that's that is fucking mad that's one of those things people go oh did the BBC let you you know, you're allowed to do stuff that's like offensive, and you're like, that's pretty offensive, yeah. and it's really funny. Yeah, Chris was funny, Chris Toll, because he came into the audition and all that shagger part. He he brought he introduced that himself. We never gave it, um, <laughs> and he's just doing these auditions, and he keeps saying, "We're like, oh, why am I laughing? Is it just because he's saying shagger all the time?" <laughs> and then Jordan did it really well because it's really funny. Is when someone's doing something funny, is to not trample all over them and let them do it but not hijack their joke. And yeah. It just works so well. Shagger, oh yeah, yes, we talk about your audition for Scott Squad. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so your audition for Scott Squad, well, because Darren, again, Darren's like, you, sh- you should audition my mate Sean. So, but what I say is, people audition, and I think people, I mean, Paul mentioned it on here, he auditioned, then him and Mark never got parts. Mm-hmm. There's only so many parts to go around, and often yeah. we have certain stories in mind. And then sometimes you end up not doing that story and you think that person's not right. Mm-hmm. But So I'll use your audition as an example. And I don't remember it that well because I do loads. But for anyone that happens to ever audition for Scott Squad or audition in generally, audition generally for TV shows, with Scott Squad, we're often not lo- you're not looking for the funniest person. Mm-hmm. You're looking for someone that listens. And um, so there's a famous thing with improv, and it's so obvious but you, you know about yes and yeah I actually saw um, what's that t- whose line is it anyway yeah and they kind of were doing a thing and it was like yes and yes yeah, and yeah. Like, so, so you're not closing it off so it's that's what we're looking for and yeah. you don't literally have to say yes and but if we ask you a, so, so people for, for people listening when the first round of Scott Squad auditions is you come in and we're imagining that you, you're being interviewed by the police mm-hmm. And we ask you to come in with a character and we find out, basically, I will like play hardball as a cop and yeah. interview you. And that's probably intimidating, but um, it's a good way of seeing if people can think on their feet. But if I ask you a question, if I say, like, uh, this isn't your first time committing a criminal offence, is it? Yeah. If you say, you should, if you build on that and go, yeah, I have done it before, then that shows me that, that you're able to... to to take the lead and think on your feet and go off yeah. a lot of people will be and this isn't about your audition this is generally a lot of people go no I'm like, <laughs> yeah. well we can't put that on TV yeah, we're, we're trying to work so yeah that's people come in uh, you act like you're being interviewed by the police and uh, I, I'll act like a dick for about 20 minutes yeah. and that's what happens it's um, I really enjoyed the experience but when you walk in to the comedy unit HQ and straight away you're seeing like Ford Kearney and Greg Kemp on the walls and like Lenny yeah, yeah. and Rabsy Nesbitt and there's like an aura of oh shit like this is where it yeah. really happens I'm annoyed because this, <coughs> the Scott Squad picture isn't on that main wall should be it should be should now be. but then it, no I think because you can't just remove someone because that person who comes <laughs> yeah, in yeah. I think they're less offended about offending they're less bothered about offending me than yeah you know, it, it'd be horrible if Gregor Fisher came in for the first time in years and he's, he's like, gone. Where's my photo? <laughs> You'd never get rid of that as well because that company's like sort of founded on the success of Rabsy. The uh, after doing that, I did have like a not a newfound respect, but a really heightened respect for anybody who get through that process yeah, yeah. because it's it's stressful as well because the cameras in front of you. Yeah, I think what I said was I was a car thief. Um, I would pretend to be foreign when stopped you're by You're talking the Spanish. The problem with that is, right, I can't judge what you're saying in Spanish. Mm. My Spanish isn't that good. I know. 
it but, was the kind of it was like pretend like speaking but then as soon as I was asked about a crime being like yeah. I don't know what you're talking about I'm not from here but it's, fr- it's, it's funny isn't it because once you've gone through it and you've done it maybe not right mm-hmm. you'd probably do a really good job next time and yeah. we have people that come back and audition all the time and there's loads of people that have been in it that failed before um, but yeah it's, it's fun yeah I, enjoy, I did enjoy it there's people it's it's re- it's a really nice feeling when someone comes in and they're funny like Darren was or Chris Toll was when someone comes in and they're really funny it's ex- that's exciting that's the best thing about working is like discovering mm-hmm. new funny people and getting genuine laughs like we were talking about you know when you said you're you're in the, the court and you're laughing you just can't help but laugh at <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah. right do you think I think back to school I used to laugh, I had like uncontrollable laughter like ten times a day Probably too. and now I work professionally in comedy and I don't have that and so it's it's exciting when you finally laugh. Another wee break in the podcast because while we were recording, uh, a massive group of women just came over and asked to get their picture taken with me, uh, and to get like basically just to ask about the podcast and say say they were big fans, or it might have been a waitress asking us to pay the bill. I can't remember. It was one of the two. I don't know. But in this next part, um, Joe is talking more about Scott Squad, so I'll just shut up and and let you hopefully continue to enjoy it. Cheers. Grado as well, like, because Grado's in a car. He often what happens is we'll be in a car, behind, we're like in a convoy of cars, mm-hmm. and sometimes you get stuck at traffic lights and you lose your signal. So often I I won't be able to see what Grado's doing. The worst thing is so Manny, who is Grado's partner, plays Sergit, who by the way is named after my dad. Not very inventive. I, I had to come up with this an Indian character name. <laughs> I was like, what's my dad called? But. Um, Manny's so professional and like he nails it first time. Yeah. Grado is all over the. It's so. It's sometimes. Sometimes I'm not laughing because I'm just concentrating so hard, just hoping that he's doing it, and yeah. it, it, that is funny as well. But um, yeah, Grado's really, really, really clever and really funny, and he really thinks about it. I, I think he, get, he sometimes gets really self-conscious. He's like, "Am I? Is what I'm doing is that funny?" And like, help me out here. But uh, the people that ask for the help the most are the most talented. Mm-hmm. Um, like Jack Doherty, he's got decades of experience, but he's really receptive to your ideas. And mm-hmm. I think it's because he knows that they'll make him look good. So there's no disadvantage to him to take other yeah. people's advice on board. Um, so, yeah, that, that's what good performers will have in common, I think. What's, let's just say, if, we, if you're able to paint like an ideal scenario. Mm-hmm. Let's say five years from now. Yeah. Where do you think you'd like to be work-wise or what would you like to be working on? Do you have any ideas or visions? Well, I, li- I like the thing of like consistency. So it would be good to, whether it's Scott Squad or the state of it or anything else, like to have, to have replicated the success I've had so far and to keep that going would be good mm-hmm. at a minimum. But uh, I'm, trying to, I'm actually trying to write books I did English literature at uni and I, I read novels I probably read more than I watch TV <laughs> and I sound like a dick <laughs> yeah. yeah I read more than I watch TV but um, like when... but there are certain stories that I've got in my head that uh, they're not going to get made on TV mm-hmm. they're not going to get made on TV the film funding is so difficult uh, and I'd like to tell them in books so I, I hope to have like published something by then um Ewan and I, you and Denny, I do Lincoln Lawn. Mm-hmm. We're like Shit, I can't believe I forgot to ask you. About yeah, that. we're like an hour, and we've filmed for so we've I done know. this for so long, and you've missed a, quite know. a vital part. I know we need to touch on that. Um, but yeah, Ewan and I are like trying to produce stuff together, and we've had some success with that. And there's some big things coming out soon uh, that you'll, I can't talk about now, but everyone will know about soon enough uh, that me and Ewan are doing together. So I think for you and I to have a business hand at like steering other people mm-hmm. uh, I don't know there, there's so much they've got so many plates spinning in the air uh, writing more sitcom stuff uh, that's it really I don't know Lincoln Lawn like I'll kind of relate as how I see it for anybody that doesn't know what it is it's basically a Scottish guy and an English guy yeah Lincoln Lawn which is really clever Arguing about what's better. It's not even arguing about it's what's not better. Even, it's you demanding. I'm you glad you pointed that out because we have we have like meetings with uh, like TV companies and they go, yeah. So, Joe, you put you argue the English way, and I'm like, no, you've missed that yeah. totally. Like my persona on it is, Ewan says like, oh, Scotland's amazing at this, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, pretty good. But he feels like he's been slighted in some way. 
So, uh, yeah, we've, we've written a sitcom script, but it seems really hard convincing people mm. that the characters can go beyond just doing that. Yeah. But I'm certain that we can. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so true because I, I, the first video I saw was the flatmate one. Yeah, when yeah. it's a Scottish and English flatmate. Yeah, we did and, that in like 2012, uh, years ago. And the Scottish guy is just demanding that it be recognised that Scotland's better. Yeah, yeah. The English guy doesn't care. And I had an English flatmate at the time. You like it's just the same. We had the exact same conversations where Scots we've got this chip on our shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Massively, it's just a fact. And Newan's um, and really good at that. And people, it it seems to resonate with people like people really like seeing him being a little dick and it's funny <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. So our thing at the moment is just trying to find ways of like branching out and not because we have loads of opportunities to do those videos but it can feel repetitive it's also although they're only 90 seconds they're so time consuming really? um, Ewan's a professional editor so that's like a perfect even though it looks like an amateur video that's a professional standard really? of editing and he's really good at finding the funny stuff and we like we'll, we'll film like two hours of footage and we've got to find 90 seconds out yeah. of that uh, by the way, you and edited the state of it. Did it? Yeah. So that was me and you and locked in a room for like a month, piecing this thing together. That was really fun, and we were fucking hell. We were laughing so hard when we were watching the pity party stuff. Because you know, you know, there's bits in it where it's like slow mo and they're talking about their gums, and like we'd just be fucking around, like slowing it down and having them. Just staring at camera oh god it was so much fun I laughed at that I think we were saying to, I kind of said to Paul that it was such a major compliment that to sort of publicise the show that you just put out that sketch yeah yeah because it's literally like saying this is, this yeah. is what it's going to be because um, that, that's what, partly what made me make sure I watched was that I, I was, so I was slightly it. worried that people would think the whole because obviously I'd love to watch a whole 30 minutes of that mm-hmm but that's not what the show is. And yeah. I was like, fuck, are people going to watch and go, where's the rest of this story? Um, but that, I mean, that's a good thing about the state of it, I think. And sketch shows in general, but there's something for everyone. It's the same as Scott Squad. I don't think there's anyone that likes every character, but mm-hmm. hopefully most people find something they like in the show, yeah, which is good. And if you it. don't like it, something new comes along I, I within always, seconds. I, I always make a point of showing people like Bobby's things. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of piques an interest, and then people end up watching it. That, that's one of the things we get back the most from police is like that Bobby is like a that's a real type of person that comes in <laughs> uh, all the time and like hassles them we never see so Darren I think Darren people I always tell Darren not to pay attention to what like random family members say mm-hmm. he'll say oh people have said it's going to get boring if I can get stuck in the station and I'm like that's your role in Scott Squad is to be repeating yeah. and doing that and everyone's got their own little bit and creatively the challenge is always finding ways of keeping that fresh there actually there's a story in the new series of Scott's Club with Darren that's inspired by his trip to Peru I won't oh, yeah, give any yeah. I mean I'll tell you when we stop recording it's really really funny stuff that's really fun actually when Darren tells you a real story I'm like let's put that in you remember the clonic irrigation I, mate, I was just about to say yeah. him and Asim went for the clonic yeah, yeah. irrigation saw his garage in Hamilton what do you but call he, it a clonic interrogation that was it but he just told me that story and I was like Right, repeat that on camera, and that's him. That's not even Bobby. That's Darren that's telling that story him. on camera. Oh, oh, it's so I funny. Like Asim got it in grip on. Oh, <laughs> he's like, do you want to come? Oh my god, that's so funny. And uh, a big compliment to. Cam- Hi everyone, I'm Kirby and I'm Sarah, and, and we're Los Angeles. Angeles. Strivectin is a brand that's long been regarded as top-tier skincare by professionals of all kinds. We personally love how all of Strivectin's products are backed by science. If you're looking for an eye cream to help smooth the appearance of crow's feet and under-eye puffiness, Strivectin's new Intensive Eye Concentrate for Wrinkles Plus is proven to do so starting in just five days. To learn more, visit Strivectin.com. Karen, Officer Karen. Yeah, how does she She's really laugh? good at keeping it. She's she's broken. I can only recall her breaking character like three times in five oh. years, uh, yeah, I, I and can, that's yeah. a really tough thing. Darren, we've got Darren talking about like because you know he went and had ayahuasca. Did he talk about that on here? Yeah, yeah, he spoke about that. He spoke but he's about talking about it as Bobby. He's talking about his right, hallucinating yeah. experiences. <laughs> it's brilliant. So that's coming. I'm hoping the BBC use that clip to promote it and people can share it. Aye, that's great fun. That. I'm looking for when is it? Out? 
I don't know. It's I know the new series is still games going on the channel, and I think it might be after that. So it's going to be like March or April. Really? I don't have a date. I'm looking forward to seeing. Or that. haven't been. Yeah, I kind of like that they've waited. This is it's gone. The wait has been a little bit longer than normal between series, mm-hmm. and it's quite nice because I'm getting more time to gather my thoughts. Like if we do it again, I have a lot more to go on. Yeah. Rather than rushing straight into it, and it's nice that people are waiting. Um. We're talking about something. What were we talking about? There's something. About you, you and you? Oh, yeah, that was it. Before you tell me, how did you two end up working together? So, you and I was doing my year at the comedy unit. You and was on work experience. And uh, so we just started chatting then. The BBC commissioned two pilots at the same time. One was Scott Squad, another was a, another comedy show that you and came up with. <laughs> That was shit. <laughs> Never got made. He hates. He hates. And he doesn't hate me bringing it up. He's very gracious. But uh, um, yeah, so we had these two pilots, and and Scott's got made, and uh, his one didn't. But it, but to to go on work experience and get a pilot made is a big achievement. Mm-hmm. And like again, he's someone who works very hard and is like clearly talented. Yeah. And that's how that happened. Um, our partnership works really well because so many I've had so many sort of aborted um, partnerships working relationships with people and they don't quite work I think we complement each other really well because we have different skill sets yeah. but our humour is sort of the same but he he's really good at editing he's a lot more technically capable uh, you know when it comes to filming than I am um, I have a lot more experience on like structure and writing and how to to get, I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm writing and I'm doing the jokes. But if we have jokes together, I'll I'll be the one that knows how to put that down on paper and how to yeah, yeah. make that evolve into something. Our writing process is just us going back and forth on WhatsApp, so it feels it doesn't feel like we're sitting down writing stuff. Like we just sort of riff, and that's great fun. We we lived together for a year as well. For real, we were oh, flatmates. Sure, right, okay. Yeah, not at that time, but afterwards we were flatmates. Right. That's what I was talking about writing. Like, I'd really like to write something, not an autobiography. I'd like to just write stuff about real life things. It's like where that. the where the funniest ideas and things yeah. come out of it. It's reality. They're, they're like living together. There was some insane stuff that happened. Like, you and came our upstairs neighbours were being really loud one night, and they were they were they were getting on my nerves. And I was at home. I was sober. You and came home drunk, and then they started annoying him. And they were outside our door making loads of noise. And I'd had enough. And I was like, shut the fuck up. And then they kicked our door and spat on the eye hole. No way. And they were like, fucking come out. And then Ewan's drunk as fuck. He was like, I'm going to fucking get them. So I'm like, I'm like wrestling him away from the door. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to beat them up. And I was like, these are big guys. Like, And I had to like put him to bed. The <laughs> shit like that's really funny. And that's uh, when he's drunk like that. It doesn't happen much. But that's him being that character from those videos. It's yeah, really yeah. funny. What else did we do? We watched the we watched Andy Murray win Wimbledon together in that flat, <clears throat> and we photoshopped ourselves at Wimbledon. And everyone was like, "Oh, you're at Wimbledon, weren't you?" And we like photoshopped ourselves in our living room in front of what was it Bradley Cooper and Jared Butler? <laughs> People were like Joe and Ewan were sitting next to Bradley Cooper. Well, like, we're in our living room. Nobody actually. And we saw used to have we had this landlord. And he put, you know, that's fucking rubbish shit that people have in their house now, like live, laugh, love. Mm-hmm. He had like candlesticks that spelt out love, and we used to rearrange it so it said vol. <laughs> and then when he, when the flat, when the landlord came round to like check the gas or whatever, he got really annoyed and would like rearrange them back to love. He was a really, <laughs> nice, he was a, he was the best landlord I've had, but that made me laugh. Just shit like that. Little no, so the, the thing we really want to do, and which we we haven't. We maybe should just make it as a film or something, but we want to do a sitcom where it's just us, like running. I think the premise was us running a butcher shop together, or something. And then we had like a video. You know those, um, you know those like pedo hunters, right? Yes, I talk about it yeah. quite a lot. Maybe. Right now, there's something inherently funny about that, but not. You can't really. You're not going to get on the BBC doing a comedy about pedo hunters. But <laughs> yeah. the idea of like vigilantes. There is so much room for. Yeah, that comedic well, creation. Well, well, like me, I we I wrote a script where it's me and you, and we get burgled and we get tied up, and then we become vigilantes because of it. And <laughs> because he thinks he's really hard, that makes it funny. And because I would act really like middle class and yeah. English about it, I'd love to make that. <laughs> that would be good. 
there's something like with the pedo hunters stuff I feel like you could just fully reenact that oh my God. Like you don't even have to change it and it would be you yeah. pass that off as a comedy did you see the one where they left the filters on the they, they like brought the pedo out of the house but they'd left like a snapchat filter on the camera so he's got the dog ears <laughs> He's someone who's just been like caught no trying to seduce a fucking teenager and he's got like the dog face. It's so <laughs> funny. Those no. videos creep me out because, do you know what? Because, you know when you're being confronted with someone, like someone's life collapsing, yeah. no matter how bad they are, yeah. there's a bit of you that's like, oh yeah. no, Especially, like, <laughs> this is horrible. If there's a ch- the, the chance that it might not be yeah. the right person, I wrote something about it, I tweeted it saying it made me really uncomfortable because if people weren't doing it through a genuine desire for justice, they were mm-hmm. doing it through dopamine hit, through likes and views. Yeah, I remember yeah. watching one and the woman kept saying, oh my God, this has got 35,000 views. Look how many comments. Yeah. You're like, fuck it. Are you it talking up. about like a child sex crime? Yeah, I know. And it's like, what you're doing is straight away, you're just jeopardising that case. Because obviously yeah, yeah. the defence lawyer will go, no right to a fair trial, no chance. He's already been name drive through the mud, and the case is getting thrown out. Yeah. It's like if you have that evidence, okay, great. Uh-huh. Pass it to the police. It's this fucking weird. Sort of we we vigilantism. We, um, vigilantism. Also, it could be really easy. I'm not saying any of these guys have done it, but it would be very easy for someone to manipulate something to make it look like you've done it. Now that that's a form of video, right. if someone went, I'm gonna, I'm out to get him. Technically. You could yeah. make someone look really bad. Um, but we. We didn't show a story like that in Scott Scott, but we had the chief talk about it, and the chief said, because I remember watching a video about one, it was a Channel 4 documentary or something, and the policeman was like, you're not allowed to do this, but thank you, but don't do it. (laughs) So we've got the chief going, um, he's like, you're not allowed to do it, but you know, if you were to go and do the bin man's job... He's not going to tell you to stop taking the bins out. Yeah. <laughs> so don't do it. But I'm not going to be that angry if you do it. When I when I kind of criticised it and said that it was so flawed and the, I don't I don't think there was a genuine intent behind it. People were coming at me saying, "So you fucking love people?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I would actually rather they were brought to justice. Yeah. And it is so. I mean, let's just say for talk's sake, and I'm giving like an extreme example, but I could easily just turn up at your door with a camera and be like, "I've got this chat is- logs. Are you saying these things?" Yeah. Like, how is that really how do you really prove that it's um, there was a what was the other one there was one I was going to mention as well oh I they basically had a guy whose me- mental age was clearly like under 10 yeah and that was just and they totally bullied him and it was like I don't know this just doesn't sit well with me uh-huh. and then you get it's almost like um, when you used to feed people to the lap, like I don't know like people take some sort of weird strange buzz out. I've seen other people mm-hmm. being like hammered and it's a weird society, really. I was in a... In that sense. Did you know... So I went to court recently as a witness, but you, you get put in this giant room full of other witnesses, and there was a woman standing in the middle of it. It was clearly a an abuse case, but she was just talking about it non-stop to other witnesses, and I was like, you're not meant to do that. Yeah. You're jeopardising this... Ca- like, that lawyer's there and can see you doing it. And people have no, seem to have no idea about how, like... The justice system works and how discretion is is it's like when you see, dependent on when you see like a 16 year old who's been accused of murder he cannot be named for legal reasons then you get people saying oh we just love to fucking protect i bet you gets a five bedroom penthouse when yeah. he's released and he's like no like, it's just the law like, it's like can't. a clearly established <laughs> law well that was that whole thing with tommy robinson talking about how he was getting silenced uh, but he yeah. was just in. He was like, was he in contempt of court. Yeah, because he kept <laughs> jeopardising the laws case. that are written. Because he's saying the media won't name these people, but I'll name them. And it's like if you do that, then you're taking away the fair trial. Yeah, which is a fucking. It's just a pillar of the justice system. Shut up. Uh-huh. And let the let the court. Like he could have. He essentially could have seen those people walk away, which is the opposite of what he claims to be trying to do, mm-hmm. which is. Stupidity, and then you get people saying, "Well, oh, Tommy will not be silenced." Like, how about you just shut the fuck up and leave justice to the but professionals? This, this sort of thing, you know, what I was saying, like, like there are certain stories that are just easier to tell in novels, mm-hmm. like, right, the pedo hunter thing. <laughs> That's going to be a lot easier for me to go and write fifty thousand words on yeah. than I will do that in the time it takes a, a, a 
TV person to turn around and be like, no fucking <laughs> yeah, way. No chance. No, and, and they've got a point as well. That's not, I'm not, they're not fearful because they do it. Like, that is not a good territory for a sitcom. Yeah. I suppose it they, actually might be. But that's a good idea then to take that concept and put it into the, like you've been burgled. So it's like a sort yeah, of yeah. pedo hunter's light. Almost. Yeah. And, and cause I imagine like, it'd be great to get Darren to play a gangster or something. That would be funny. <laughs> But I don't know how we're going to do that because where I'm already doing quite a lot of BBC Scotland and I don't think that's high on their list of priorities. Mm. Um, I had another thing I wanted to make. We did a, I wrote a script where Jordan Young plays a fading professional footballer. Great. Someone that's playing for like Green Morton. He's at the end of his career and his wife's leaving him because he's got shit. And we did a, you know, the Stan Comedy Club. We did a read through the BBC, put it on. We had actors. Jordan came along. Um, but yeah, that's sort of that's hit a dead end, which is a bit frustrating. That sounds quite good. I get, yeah, I think I I definitely think there's an audience for it. So it's whether I have to decide now. Like I say, you have to be used to taking rejection. Whether to just abandon that idea or find another way. I think maybe there's a play in it or something. I I suppose if you believe in it, so to speak. Yeah. I don't mean to be like some Rocky style. Yeah. You gotta yeah. believe and persist. But maybe if you do. Like I, I've worked. I've like. With it. I don't know if I've worked and stuff that I didn't like, but I've definitely had the fear of like having to do something that was not interesting. Um, and yeah, you sort of know that your heart's not in it. I mean, this this, this story. So we film, we overshoot for Scott Squad, and there's a lot of stuff that gets knocked out. And there's a it's a lot of the time it's stuff that you knew at the time wasn't quite working. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you definitely have to be. I think you have to be committed to a comedy idea in order for it yeah. to work. And if your heart's not in it, it's not going to be funny. Yeah, you're not going to persist with that or work on it or tweak it, are you? But I, I would really like to work with Jordan. and um, it, I, I think him, like he does with Scott Squad, but like him playing a high-status character who has no self-awareness is funny. Aye. Like, I, lo- like, well, I hated him because in Still Game, you see where he's, yeah, he's yeah. fighting with Winston. He's obviously yeah, yeah. brilliant, but he just pissed me off because yeah. I love Winston Ingram. But, um, nice. Winston's a oh, great character. Well, he's probably my favourite. If I, I get a dog, I'm calling him Winston. I don't know any. Oh yeah, um, that's a really cool thing as well. Like, so Greg Hempel's wife is in Scott Squad. Julie, is she? Uh, yeah, she's. Uh, I must have missed Mrs. Hooley from Ballamore. Yeah, yeah. I must have. She was also in Trinity Fat. I must. Right. I must have missed um, the last series when I was in Spain or something. But uh, yeah, Greg's a really nice guy. Yeah, I went to the um, the premiere of episodes five and six. Mm-hmm. Still game. They're good. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. Episode five was like a throwback to the earlier series, the original yeah. series in terms of script, laughs, character chemistry, mm-hmm. the way the characters came across, and then episode six was like, honestly, oh, I was in tears. Like, because yeah. it's, it's, I saw somebody say the other day that the finale of a sitcom is like one of the most poignant things uh-huh. ever for you because it's everything wrapped into one, and then it's just like sort of finished, yeah, yeah. and it's it's a perfect, honestly. Since seen it, I can't spoil it. I won't spoil it, but it's just the best finish. Um, That's another thing. Like, I'm so impressed by obviously, like, it's an established fact that Still Game is successful, but what really annoys me a little bit, I see, like, in the news that Michael McIntyre sold out five nights at the O2 or something, Mm -hmm. and they're like, that's a record. And I was like, have you fucking been to Scotland and seen how many nights they can sell out with a hydro? Especially Scotland's far smaller. Yeah. smaller than London yeah. um, uh-huh. in terms of population to sell out like proportionally where you're going like god a significant portion of the population have paid to see this show that's insane somebody had to reschedule because uh, Still Game went on for so long I can't yeah. remember who it was well, but it, some... it, to the point where it's like they probably have like Ariana Grande coming and performing they're like no, no we've you got can't. Still game. 50 nights of Still Game it's, oh, for me it's just the best like I'll never get tired of it it's almost like like I was saying, it's like it's like music that I could just have it on yeah. over and over and never get sick of it. I I loved it when I re- like just sitting and watching it all nonstop. It's brilliant. I used to have so like all my cousins are Scottish, most of them, and uh, yeah, they all used to be like, "Do you get still game in England? Like still games really really good." And I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And they would go on about, it. and then I watched it. I was like, "Oh yeah, this is really good." But they would they were like. More than any English person I know talking about any other sitcom, Scottish people are like oh, militantly. Aye. You're like, you must watch this. I know. I don't know why that is. I don't know why that is. There's just something 
there's just something about it. Apart from the fact that it's amazing, it's hilarious, and whatever, there's just something about yeah. it. I don't know if you identify with the characters, but I that, have never known that's them. That's like a source of some pride for me, is that... So I remember that from childhood, people going on about it. I remember my mum, because she's Scottish, showing me Rab C. Nesbitt. So watching all these things that people that you know, like family, are really into, mm-hmm. and then, you know, like Rab Christie's one of the producers of Still Game, mm-hmm. and, and now, like... You know, I'm in the same orbit as those people, yeah. and, and working with the same people. That is, that's like really fun, yeah. from my point of view. It's, you're obviously knowing you're working in the the upper echelons of where you would want to be. In terms of Scottish comedy and yeah. TV, anyway, you can't. I don't, I don't see how you could go any better, or not do better, or achieve more. But no, well, nothing's ever going to be as big as. Do you know what I mean? I'm not like oh, Scott Scottsford's going to be a still game. Like that is a uniquely amazing yeah. phenomenon. Although Two Doors Down is doing really well at the moment, and it, and that's another thing you can see when other people love something and people love that, which is mm-hmm. and it's good because I know people that are in it. Yeah, I've actually not watched it. No, I think it started again when I was away in Spain. I've just not got round to it because I would want to watch it from the start. Yeah, like I've seen a few episodes and thought it's funny, but I'm like I don't really know what's going on. Well, I've not seen the new series, but everyone's telling me that Grado's really really good in it. James McAvoy's sisters in it as well playing yeah, his I noticed wife. That. yeah I always tell people that because um, anytime I watch filth you know he threatens her in the flower shop oh yeah and I'm like do you know that's his sister um, I, I saw an epi- a clip of an episode the other night and he was like a guest in somebody's house and he went right. for a bath and I just found that really that's funny the whole, yeah, that's the whole premise isn't it they're just like chilling at someone's house but it's those little moments I think people just they feel like and again, you see it in there. Johnny Watson's a really good actor, mm-hmm. like a really oh, good character actor, and he's really good in that. At, uh, it's believable, completely believable. And I think people forget when you see someone like that who does sketch shows and stuff all the mm-hmm. time, and then you see them playing Aye. normal. I think I Grado is one of those people. I always wondered as well because he's now like doing that with Joy James's James McAvoy's mm-hmm. sister. He's like a step away from getting put in a Hollywood film where James McAvoy goes, "Ah, oh, put Grado." Uh, you know funny. what I mean? And it would—I could totally see him pulling off some mad dramatic performance. Ended up like Jimmy Kimmel or something like that, and that's it. Before yeah, you know, you're like, you know that guy started in like fucking wrestling or something. You need to remember where. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if there's any mad Grado stories I could tell. Do you see ever seen Same Fight Club? So that was the documentary that yeah. that like uh-huh. made those guys big oh that's another one I mentioned Chris Toll Mark Dallas so he's, he's really the guy who funny. runs ICW yeah but have you seen that have you seen that Scott Squad sorry I'm just quoting my where own comedies where he's Lee Griffiths did Lee Griffiths ever, has ever he's retweeted it and he said it was funny like I know he likes it but uh, I wanted after that we were trying to we're like who could we get and I was like why don't we get Lee Griffiths to actually meet Mark Dallas that would be amazing but yeah. I don't know it never came up often like when you, once you've done something that's really funny it's actually hard to make something that would be as yeah. like it's re- we've had Chris Toll in a few other Scott Squad scenes that we we didn't end up using when something is so funny it, you're a victim of your own success mm-hmm. like how can there's just a magic in it that that would be funny because I can just imagining like some girl telling well, like her arm round Mark Dallas and then said to a passerby this is Lee Griffiths and it turns out to be Lee Griffiths yeah that was uh, what's happening with him is he better Uh, taking a bit of extended time away I think don't know what what the story is I don't think it's nobody's business really is it but um, I hope he's back soon because we're kind of ravaged (laughs) ravaged with injuries as well so but hopefully we'll I, need, I, I can't talk about the Celtic game because this will be after yes yeah it'll be out. I think this will be out I noticed Friday. you talking a few times on Twitter to my cousin because he's always tweeting about Celtic who's your cousin? Marco Cooper Twitter. is, it? is that cousin. your cousin? Yep. fuck off no yeah. way his dad and my mama no siblings. way I yeah. can't believe I'm really shocked by that why? just I would it's never have made that like, he yeah. lives in Argentina yeah I would never have made that but he's from uh, he grew up near me he, I like him he contributed to like. But he's interesting. His Twitter is interesting because it's like, you know how boring a lot of people's football chat is. Mm-hmm. But like, it feels like an almost academic insight. Like it is, yeah. he's like really thoughtful about football. Yeah. And his his dad, my uncle, is the same. I saw him at a wedding last year, and uh, do you have that thing where you're like, "What should I talk to this person about?" <laughs> just like Celtic, Celtic and it's just like two hours of he's just talking about Honestly, like yeah. really astute analysis of. Mm-hmm. 
up and coming youth players and stuff like that. I definitely knows his stuff about South American football. Yeah, they actually yeah. kindly gave me a lot of recommendations for when I was in Rio. That's what I, I think I saw. There. I think I saw. I don't know. I think I saw him saying like, if you come out of Buenos Aires, get in touch. Yeah, yeah. Because I want to go and see a team San Lorenzo. Yeah, which I think is north of Buenos Aires, uh-huh. and they've just got mad fans. I, I like, don't even know what he does in Argentina. <laughs> I know it's quite cool though. He comes up, he talks. He's been on Celtic Underground, which is a podcast I listen to. Right, um, I need to listen to that. And he would talk about. What do you think of his accent? Uh, Sorry, as far as <laughs> I don't I, know if he's going to listen. To I this. know, mate. We'll need to tell him now. As far as I can remember, I think it was quite normal, like quite Scottish. Got, right, so this is a mad thing. Well, he's got two Scottish parents, and I've got one. But he was so he was born in Scotland, but he was completely brought up in England. Seriously. Not far from me. I feel like I, I sound, need like, no one has an, everyone thinks I'm English. Yeah. And he said, to my, and our other cousins say, they're like, oh, he sounds a bit English, but to me, he sounds completely Scottish. To me, he sounds Scottish. And his brother's Scottish. the same. The older brother who I saw last year, and they sound Scottish. I think I remember. It's a weird phenomenon. Like, I, know. I sound English. Well, I lived, when I was a wee boy, for three years, like from age five to eight, Yeah, I lived in, just outside London, mm-hmm. and I spoke with a complete London accent, to the point no one would ever, right. ever have known. I didn't think, so I didn't get Where was that? It was Essex. Right. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, essentially, I didn't want to divulge that part, but essentially I was an yeah. Essex accent. But to the point that people would be like, I've lived in Essex my whole life, and he was born mm-hmm. and raised here, and I'm like, nah. It's, it's I used to, I had a Scottish accent when I was younger That's funny. especially like li- lived in Greenock for a bit and it, it was weird this weird thing and right I did it when I was a child where if I'm speaking to my mum I'd be speaking in a Scottish accent but it changes with other people yeah I did but, that do you know that John is it John Barrowman yeah, right, that is he the does that head fuck he ever. does that yeah. and he's like 50 I know <laughs> but like I saw him <laughs> talking to Lorraine Kelly and he's had the Scottish accent and I was like what the fuck and then he switches he's back in his American and like, what aye. the fuck is going on that's, that's but that that, I, that was me when I was really young a Scottish accent I've got a somewhere I've got a photo of Mark and his brother and I it's, I think it's at my christening and they were, I think they're wearing Celtic tops there's a photo of like two guys holding hands Wearing green and white stripes. Oh, that's funny. But I, I, I need to go. I'll need to find that at home. Like it will be at home somewhere. Like my mum will have it. Oh, but they're fucking. They're, yeah, they're Celtic mad. Aye. No, and that's the same. Every, Scottish Catholics and like football. Ah, if you're um, if you're one or the other, it's you. You either bleed blue, or bleed green. I, I feel like my. I have family because I'm like, like I said, I was a West Ham season ticket holder. I'm gonna go to the Celtic game. Like, I'm into football, yeah. but. There's a level of passion that some people have that's like I'm gonna opt out of the conversation now. I've done. Yeah, there has to be no degree of debate or yeah or allowance for any concessions. Like it's either I'm right. It's but it, it, it is football is more interesting when people are talking about the actual details rather than a lot of people just have bad. It's just blindly following something and they it's just like I was saying earlier about like the homophobic put downs. Yeah. That side of it's horrible. Well, I made a, I made a criticism of the Celtic support for something recently and I, the abuse I took was mental yeah from people who know how much I love Celtic but just, there is no room for criticism it seems no. at times not always not with everyone but there are certain people but well, what I meant to say uh, we're way over but I mean I think you'll be interested in this I, I did an interview with the son and I was everything I've said here about being in Scotland when I was younger and I mentioned Celtic and this is where I respect for the son they went we won't bother printing that <laughs> Because it just won't reflect well on like half the people reading it will just feel read alienated it by it. Yeah, I disagree. And they didn't. And I've had a few experiences like that. the journalists I've dealt with. I have to stick up for them. I'm not mad. I don't read the Sun at all. I think some of it's like disgusting. But on a personal level, tabloid journalists I've dealt with have been really good at writing about Scott Squad and mm-hmm. promoting it and not being dicks about it. Yeah. And even when someone has said something that's a bit wrong, they're always really apologetic. Last year. Some journalist referred to Bobby as like Neddy Bobby, and I was like, I called it out on Twitter, and I was like, oh, c- come on, that's a completely bad analysis, and it's lazy. And then he got really apologetic, and then I felt bad because it was like, I'm not trying to bully you into changing your opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just a way of me expressing mine, but they were quite good at that. So, but do you know what though? Th- that said, a Daily Mail journalist tried to talk to me about something recently. I will not have it. Good man. <laughs> I'm Good not talking man. to them. Fuck off. <laughs> no, I wouldn't speak to them either. 
it's I get annoyed when this is not often, but if there's like something I really want to read, some <clears throat> shallow showbiz piece, and I'm like, Daily Mail. Oh, <laughs> click on this. I'm like, is there a way I can click on it and not get them the click and not get them the money? I remember I felt bad. I was on Tinder and I started chatting to this girl years ago, and uh, she, and then I and the conversation she's good looking. The conversation was going well. She's like, oh, I'm a journalist, and I was like, oh, cool. Uh, that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then she then she apologetically revealed that it was the Daily Mail she wrote for. But it was something the way she said it was like she was so used to rejection for that reason. Yeah. And rather than keep an open mind, I was just like, no. <laughs> yeah, I saw someone said the same to me. I met two two yeah. girls um, when I was out and we were chatting, and they were like a few years ago as well, and said the exact same thing. And they were like, I know, I know what you're going to say, but it kind of is like being like, yeah, I'm a prison guard. Like, all mm. right. Auschwitz, you're like, and the, and the, I do. I always feel sorry. I, not to the point because I understand that people need to work and people need to do money. But there are things that I won't do for money, yeah. and I feel like other people should maybe do the same. Yeah, this could be another podcast where I just put a list of stuff at you and say, "Would you do this for money? Would you do this? Would you do that for money?" Like um, just vote, in my opinion, which is a very funny Twitter account we were talking about earlier. So we've promoted that. We've promoted Iron Brew. I think the first part we've of our conversation was just talking about yeah we've bashed the Daily Mail I'm now worried that the person that I'm talking about in the Daily Mail is going to listen to it that's fine I don't care all um, PR's good PR that she talks about no what it comes down to is and this is an important thing I want to get across with Scott Squad is so Evening Times Herald even The Sun that all those people write really good things about Scott Squad and they, they're just writing about the content of the show mm-hmm. and that's great and actually if you think that a tabloid newspaper shouldn't be writing shit stuff to give them content that's safe that they can write is a positive thing mm-hmm. but sometimes someone picks up on a detail in a story about Scott Squad that feel like they're going to turn it into a negative story about the police mm-hmm. now I'm not saying we should praise the police but Scott Squad isn't that to portray it as something that like we're writing to take the piss out of police we're not doing it it's just a funny comedy yeah. and uh, yeah I don't like your concern when in fact the Daily Express wrote a story about Scott Squad and they were like proof that Nicola Sturgeon's independent organisations don't work and it's like it's not that at yeah. all it's yeah, just it's like deep. a workplace comedy yeah exactly it's not deep at all so that's what I resent and luckily I, I think we've avoided that the press have been really kind about mm-hmm. it but uh, I got you know that guy he's the head of UKIP in Scotland David Coburn yeah he he started following me on Twitter and he sent me messages and he was like it's good to see you taking it's good to see you taking down the police and I'm like we're not doing that at all and as I said police officers really like it because yeah. it's, it's good to take piss out of yourself it's like I bet you he knows as well because exactly, that's like, like a perfect example we're talking about the Tommy Robinson people where they'll just remove all nuance that's, that's that's that is right, okay. Yeah, okay yeah perfect yeah um, oh, what what I'll end with is Nicholas Sturgeon started following me on. Did she? That that's oh, like awesome. that was like right after we won the BAFTA. Do you know what the restraint has taken me not to when I'm drunk <laughs> to just message her. Like, she wants to come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, Joe, we'll cut short. We'll not cut short. We're not. It's really long. But thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. And you should get Ewan on on his own. He can I've, talk about me and give a fair. I'm glad you've called him out there because I was going to ask him anyway. So, so you now, want Ewan? You're going to work towards Grado. Yeah. Rob Florence would be good. Oh, he'll do it. Let's get him on. He'll do it. You should have some women. Don't worry. I know that's... (laughs) Get get Rachel or Susan, or both. They've been called out, so Rachel, Susan, please get them. I'll tell tell them I mentioned them here. Cheers. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. Thanks for listening and a big thanks to Joe for coming on and giving his time. Um, a fantastic guy, a really great guy, as I'm sure you can hear, uh, and somebody that's going to be very prominent, and already is very prominent in Scottish television and comedy, but going forward he, he's going to be one of the main men. Uh, and anything I think, I personally think anything Joe's attached to is going to be very successful so I certainly wish him all the best and I'm sure he'll be back on uh, as Joe said at the end there um, about Rachel Jackson coming on that's the next episode definitely want to, to listen to Rachel's absolutely fantastic as well 
that will be released very shortly after this one. Uh, thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed, feel free to leave a wee rating or review on iTunes or even just tell somebody to listen to it. Cheers. See you next time.